What a great day we've had already here at Friendship. We've had a great day with our dads and our families. I loved hearing about the stories of what y'all did this afternoon and how much fun you had. Maybe even some some food that you had. Did anybody have good food today? Anyone? Some of y'all had some good food, some of y'all didn't have good food. And so now we know who to ask and cook next time we get to go. So, uh, so this evening we're going to be in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. So Luke 15, if you have a few bottle like this, a little light bottle like this, it's page 1042. So 1042 of the few bottle. Uh, it's the New American Standard Version. So if you're if you're watching on the camera there or you're keeping up with us, that's something to take note of too. So in Luke chapter 15, these are some parables that, that mean something within the spiritual walk. And so we, we know this one as the prodigal son. And it thematically fits today as we talk about fathers, as we talk about the relationship, and somehow how that breaks apart sometimes between us and even earthly fathers. But we look at movies, for instance, and all movies have a great storyline. They have a person that we observe their ups and their downs, right? We observe all that they do, their challenges, their failures, their trials, their temptations. And as most do, most movies, if you watch a movie, they always seem to do what in the end? Come to a favorable outcome, right? But we know that that's just Hollywood, right? That's just movies, and it's just faithfully, because life is not like the movies. Whereas we rely on self sometimes or another to get back on track, we distinguish this in this story by relying on God and God alone to get us on the right path. And so we have our ups and downs. So the difference maker for you and I, and the difference maker should be for us, is our relationship with an almighty God that sees us where we are and loves us too much to leave us in the state that we're in. And so the difference is that we are lost without Jesus because he became the only path that we have to the Father. You know, you ever argue with somebody that might say they're traveling, there's more than one way to get somewhere, but you know there's only one way to get there. You know, I've, I've encountered folks that they will argue us one side or the other in the direction to get somewhere. You can go somewhere, multiple different directions, if you know the back roads or if you know another way. But there's only one way we know. We believe, we affirm through Jesus Christ to the Father. And so the decisions we make lead us on pathways that a lot of times if we can do again, we might even do over. Anybody ever make decisions they'd love to do again? Anybody? Even stands raising his hand up there. So uh, we have decisions that we make that we wish we could get over, and it leads us to one big old word that we don't use enough to actually explain this. It's called regret. Regret is something that we wish we could do better if we had the opportunity to do it again. But we learn within this life that there are times that our decisions make us our own worst enemy at times. Let's look at the division of the estate or the inheritance in this passage in Luke 15, verse 11. It says, And he said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, 
Give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided the wealth between them. Essentially, he's going to dad and he's saying, Dad, I know that you're going to divide the estate. I know that you have a certain amount of wealth. And I want my peace so that I can go out to the world and do what I want to do. And, and there's so many that think that if I just have the freedom to get from underneath what holds me down, then certainly I would do things drastically different. And, and we see the story unfold and how he chooses to make decisions. See, this is the younger son. This is the son who, who knew that, that by taking this inheritance that he would essentially leave that life behind, all the comfort. All the care, all the food, all the housing, all the way he had, he was leaving behind. So the younger son, we see, is in this position where he's going to make some regrettable choices. Because he's choosing to leave the father and to go his own way. 13 says, And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey to a distant country, and there he squandered his estate with loose living. So he went, and essentially, he spent all that he had to give He spent all that he had. He spent everything that he had been divided and given him by the Father. And he was in an even worse state than when he started his journey. And so he finds himself in a foreign land, so he doesn't recognize anything. He's, up, he's from underneath his parent, so he's not there anymore. His, his safety net is no longer there. So it went, essentially, for him, as he went out and charted his new course, it went from bad to worse. Has that ever happened to you, where it seems like the situation went not only bad, but then it got worse? And maybe that's never happened to you like that, but I, I, I believe that it's happened to a lot of us, the situations that we've been in. It went from bad to worse. And it says in verse 14, says, now when he has spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine, or the pigs. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving anything to him. So he went out to feed the pigs the slop. He went out to feed the animals. And he was so hungry, he would have gladly eaten what they're eating. Now, if you fed animals and you fed them in that manner, it's very appetizing. And someone might say, well, I wouldn't even think of eating what was in that bucket. Or I wouldn't have even thought about eating what they would eat. I wouldn't have even done that. But you think about it this way. How hungry was he? He had not eaten. And who knows how long. He didn't have the means to get any food. So when he saw even the animals eating food, he began to think, what? This looks pretty good. This looks pretty good. So even if he could have what the animals were having, he thought that would be something that could fill his stomach with what they were eating. But even during that famine, where food was scarce, if not totally out of reach, even in that time where the animals were the only getting fed. He didn't have anything given to him. So you can imagine what happens when this young man found this road, this estate that he found himself in. He was regretful. And like many of us, 
whenever we find ourselves in a position similar to this with regret, we often think, if I could just go back to the very point to where I started to make these bad decisions, if I could just go back, in this case, it was like, if I could just go back home, if I could just go back to my father's house, if I could just go back to his house and just be a servant, because in, in his house, even a servant got to eat. Even the servant has somewhere to lie their head. Even the servant has somewhere to sleep. Even the worst tree serving in my dad's house had more than I have right now. So he began to think of home. He began to think of the days that had passed. And it says in verse 17, it says, But when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's firemen have more than enough bread? But I am dying here with hunger. So you can imagine all that was just going through his head. He begins to play the game. What if I go back? How will it turn out? Will my dad be angry? Will he be disappointed? Will he be hurt by the way that I've spent all that I have? And been left in such a manner as I'm in. What would he say? How would he react to seeing me? Would he even welcome me back into his house? I have no rights. I've blown all that I have. I just want to come back home where I know that at least I'm taken care of. Playing that what if game sometimes gets us in places where we ought not be. How many of us have ever gone down the wrong path and said, I wonder if God will take me back for all the things I've done? I wonder if God still loves me. We start playing a what-if game. But there's a loving Father who stands there and loves us too much to leave us where we are. And I want us to really understand how he plays a, a vital role in what's about to happen. Verse 18 and 19, he says, I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no, no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So in other words, he's saying, Dad, I've messed up. I've spent everything you gave me, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes just to have something to my name. So he's willing to humble himself. He's willing to go back home. He's willing to go back to dad and say, I, I can't be called your son, and I realize that, but I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be back in your home. And we see this unfold. The son is welcomed back by the father because he loved him. I wonder at times do we truly understand just how much God loves you and I. We often think we've blown our chance at life and the things that we've done, the decisions we've made that have led to the sins that we are so entrenched in. And we often think, could the Father love us enough? And if it were up to us, and what we could actually accomplish, the answer would be no. But it's because of what Jesus did that allows for us to stand in the presence of God, right? It's because of what He did, not because of what we did. It's because of what He did and who He is. So we are loved. It says in verse 20, it says, So he got up and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him, 
And he ran and embraced him and kissed him. Now, is this somebody, is this the way that a father acts when he is not glad to see the son? Is this not a response that all of us desire to have whenever we seek forgiveness, whenever we seek a way home, whenever we seek who he is in our life and that redemption? Isn't this the result that we want to have? It says that when he saw him a long way off, he ran to him, he embraced him, he kissed him, and he said, and he said to the son, and the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and in your sight of no longer worthy to be called your son. When the father said to slaves, quickly, bring out the best robe and put it in. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fat calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found, and they began to celebrate. So the father had wondered, I'm imagining, what his son had done with everything he's been given him. I'm sure the father was sitting there saying, I wonder if he's okay. I wonder if he's going to live life well as he planned. I wonder what's happened in his life. And if you're, if you're a parent, sometimes you feel that something's not exactly right. And so I imagine his dad worried sick about what's going on in his son's life. So imagine when he sees him walking home. And imagine that he doesn't even care where the road is taking him behind him. He's just glad to see him. He's just glad to know he's okay. He's just glad to love on him. The son has humbled himself and said, I want him to pay whatever price. And dad says, let's give you more than you deserve, right? Let's give you the best road, the best welcome home celebration. Let's get the best that I have. Because you are now found where I thought you were lost. And when I thought you were dead, you are now alive. So let's celebrate. So imagine what you would think if you're the older brother in that situation, right? Anybody have a sibling that maybe you didn't always get along? Well, imagine what happens here where, okay, this, this younger son is went off and spent all of this, dad is going to home, and is having this great big celebration gathering, and you're the older brother who stuck around, right? You're the one that stayed, and you're the one that did what was required of you. And so he's angry. Verse 25 says this, Now his older son was in the field when he came and approached the house. And he heard music and dancing, and he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fat calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. His father came out and began pleading with him. But he entered and said to his father, Look, for so many years I have been serving you, and I have never neglected a command of yours. And yet, you have never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who was devoured to a wealth of prostitutes, you killed the fat calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you have always been with me, and all that I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, for this brother of yours was dead and begun to live, was lost and has been found. So how does this, how does this parable speak to us? What does it say to you and I if we're going to take the truth of Scripture and see what we can draw from this passage? 
I think first and foremost we see the lost and we see Jesus. The only way that you and I will ever be in right standing with the Father is because of what Jesus has done. See, there's many of us that, that this story can resonate with us because we know what it's like to feel lost and found by God Almighty. And some of us today might even feel lost in need of the Father in our lives. Many of us have charted our own course, went our own way, spent everything that we have, all the gifts and abilities, all the blessings which God has given us, and we've spent it on so many things that are not of Him. And we might even be out on our own and feel like, is there any way back home? Is there any way to have that right relationship with God again? And what I say to us today is this. Don't let pride keep us from coming to God. Don't let pride get in the midst or the metal of us coming back home. See, what I believe there was a lot of humbling that had to happen within that young man's life. And I think for us to get right and get in the proper perspective with God Almighty is that we have to humble ourselves. That means we have to let go of pride. Because here's why. Because he understands. He loves and forgives us in spite of us. But ever more so because of Jesus, right? He does all of this because he's looking for us who are lost and he rejoices when we come home, doesn't he? He has a celebration because that which is his was lost and has now come back home because of Jesus. But he also cares for the, those of us who go on the wayward path. Those of us who choose to go out into the world and be disobedient and get involved in so many things that are wrong by the name of God. He offers us a path to forgiveness. How many of you have ever been lost? Maybe out on a trail or in the forest. Anybody ever gotten lost? Or what we call it in Kaziesco, we said turn around. Anybody ever turn around? They got out. Maybe you thought you were going on a pathway that, that you've been on a million times, and you get out in the middle of nowhere, and you get turned around, and every way looks the same, and so you find yourself walking in circles for hours and hours and hours, and you can resonate with that, but it changes when we are found by someone, doesn't it? It changes when you and I see someone that's there to lead us to a safe passage. It brings hope, doesn't it? When we're lost in this world, or we're lost in the woods, or we're lost on our way, it brings hope when we see and understand that Jesus gives us hope. And if we follow him, he can lead us on the right pathway. And I believe for many of us today, we need to follow him and get back on that right path. Because we've followed our own way. We will allow for the world to come live at home with us. We will allow for our path to be everything that the world says it should be. And nothing that God says it should be. And we get on that wayward path. And we don't know which way is home. But in steps Jesus and says, I am the way home. 
See, we know that Jesus in him, we can find right standing with God. In other words, we, because of Jesus, get to stand in a righteous manner before God. So wherever we have been in this life, whatever we have believed in this world, there's always an opportunity because of Jesus to come and get on that right path. When we do that today. Also, what I learned from this passage here is that he doesn't give us what we deserve, does he? God doesn't give you and I what we deserve for our sin, does he? Amen? Because what we deserve is hell forever and ever. But the game changer for us, the difference maker for you and I is that Jesus stands in that pathway for us. He died for us. He took our sin. See, we deserve that eternal separation and health itself for our sinfulness. But in God's great love for us, He sent Jesus to die for us, didn't He? This morning I share with you this one verse, which all of you know. John 3 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life or last life, depending on what verse you read. But we often forget that there's a verse that goes with that. Verse 17 says this, For God did not send his Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be what? <coughs> Saved through him. We know that the only means of salvation is through Jesus alone. So for so many of us, we look at the prodigal son, we look at the storyline of what it illustrates in our relationship with the world and in our relationship with the Father and the ability to find salvation in Him and Him alone. And we know that because of Jesus, we have that opportunity it's because He loved us. Because there's not somebody that's too far gone that He cannot save. See, I've seen the worst criminal become a Christian and God change their hearts. I've seen God take someone who never thought they would amount to anything and have them have an awesome testimony of his love for them. I've seen those who have given up drugs and turned around their life because Christ was taking them somewhere they had never been to be reliant on him. In other words, they went from darkness to light. And when he changes our heart, he changes everything, doesn't he? He changes our wants, our desires, our temptations. He changes everything. So I believe that there's never somebody that's too far gone that God can't do something in their lives. I'm living proof of that. Many of us are that God can do immeasurably more than we could ever understand. So we are left with a choice. We are left with a choice, just like the prodigal son had a choice. We are left with a choice. Choose and deny Jesus. It's really that simple. Do you believe that Jesus came? That he died for you while you were still a sinner? Do you believe that he not only gave his life up for you, he who did no sin died in my place, my death, but that he rose again? Do you believe that? You need to choose to believe in Jesus Christ. Or you can deny and walk away. But choosing to believe 
And Jesus Christ in makes heaven, but choosing to disobey him makes hell eternal. It means that you are going to have to make a decision to believe in him or deny and walk away from him. So in other words, it takes us one step further. It says, come. Come as we come to God, or we can stay lost. Sometimes someone might say it like this. They say, I can't get out of the sin that I'm in. So what will I do? How can I make my way out of that? There's never enough time. There's never enough effort. There's never enough energy to do what only God can do. But we know that we have a choice. And we don't have to stay where we are. So we can choose or deny Jesus. We can come home to God or stay lost. Or we have a choice of heaven or hell. It's through Jesus Christ. So Luke 15, 11 presents us with a choice. And what will we choose on this evening? Let's pray on. Father God, let us come this evening, God. I pray that you make clear the way that is directly to you. Father God, we don't deserve a single opportunity. But God, through Jesus Christ, we're welcome back home. Father God, we've made a mess of a lot of things that we've done in this life. Father God, we've made a mess of of so many things, but God, you give us more chances, more chances than we deserve. Father God, I know many of us feel like we are lost in this world and there is no hope. But Father God, you are that hope, that difference maker. Father, you came. As you came, you saw that you saved we were in, and you sent Jesus to die for us, that we might be saved through him. So Father God, I pray today if we are Seeking a way out, a way up, God, that we might pursue after you and your forgiveness. Father God, you say, you call on me, then you will save us. So God, I pray today, God, if we need to know you as Lord and Savior, Father, if we need to come back home, God, I pray today is that day we come back to you. Father God, I pray in our time together this evening, God, that we remember that they were never too far gone where you don't meet us. And forgive us and give us that hope. So God, I pray today, God, that you do a mighty work in our world. That you remind us who we are in you. And Father God, you remind us just how loved we are. God, I pray these things in your name. Amen. Hey, this is Jeremy McCrory, and this is the Run for Jesus podcast a ministry podcast that will help you run the race of faith in your Christian life like never before. Thank you for listening to the Run for Jesus podcast with Jeremy McCrory. Tune in next time for more relevant sermons and ministry helps to help you run the race of faith in your Christian life like never before.